Did you know that you have the ability to pull from people things? I don't know if you understand that or not, that your eagerness, your longing from God to, towards God can pull from those speaking. And so just extend your hand towards her this morning. Papa, I just ask for you by the power of the blood of Jesus to fill Rebecca with just what she needs to share. But more than that, I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be so ready to receive what you are doing. What you are saying, Lord, because you speak to us as individuals and collectively. So I thank you for the implanted word in our heart. And I thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit in this room as the word is going out. Because the word goes out and power goes with it. And I thank you and praise you in the beautiful and holy and precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God is so good. He's so good. It's a good day in the house of the Lord. Come on, you got to get a little bit of happiness in your heart. Like we have to like rub your neighbor, shake him up. Like it's good. It's like a, this is a good, this is the best time of the day. Right now, here in this place, and I'm encouraging you that this morning that there's an encounter with the heart of God for you. How many of you want to encounter the heart of God? And as we heard through prayer, his presence changes everything in our lives. And so I encourage you to to partake. And so I'm going to take you into three different stories in the Bible of different moments that people had in their life and what they were doing and what was going on and how God met them. And so if you want to open your Bible to Exodus chapter 3. The man named Moses, there's a lot of journey that he had before this moment in time. He, but at this moment, he was in the fields and he was tending to flocks of sheep and just doing life. And sometimes that's us, right? We're just doing life. We do our thing. We go places. And that was what was happening in his story. And in Exodus Chapter 3, verse 2, it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight. Why the bush is not burned? When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called him out of the bush. Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. In that one moment, God was gravitating towards him to get his attention. He actually knew who Moses was because he called him by name. He was known by the Lord. I think a lot of our desires in our lives are to be known by God. And so write it down to be known by him. And in that moment in verse five it says and when he said do not come near take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground and he said i am the god of abraham the god of isaac and the god of jacob and moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at god and in this one moment god was revealing who he was 
to Moses. He encountered this burning bush. He encountered something that was supernaturally happening, something totally out of the normal. I've never seen a bush that was burning. And in that moment, God was speaking to him and saying, this is who I am. And so you get to know him. So you can write that down to be known and then to do for him to, for you to know him. And there was a conversation that was happening in the midst of, of this moment. And God was revealing himself to him and he was speaking to him. But I have been thinking a lot about that moment where it says, like, he said to take off your shoes. For this is holy ground. And why did he ask him to do that? Have you ever come in contact with a moment with God and he says, take your shoes off? Have you ever come in contact with anybody and they're like, hey, you should take your shoes off? (laughs) I mean, I was just like in awe of the thought of like that there was a pause even in the moment. We are in a world of hurry and busy and you keep your shoes on all day and you keep running all day and you keep moving all day. And he's just like, hold on, this is a, this is holy ground. And might it be a moment that you need to just take your shoes off and just pause It wasn't about fleeing from the moment or too much for the moment, but that God is holy. And then there was also on the other side of Moses saying and choosing an act of obedience. He chose to obey God by taking his shoes off to revere him, to say, yes, I I am completely in submission to who you are. I challenge you this morning, maybe through the the morning that maybe the Lord would just say, hey, maybe you should just take your shoes off right now. Just take this moment and say, this is a holy moment. And would you feel uncomfortable if I said, just take your shoes off? I would assume there's a few of you that would be like, yep, off. I'm tired. My feet are hurting. Taking them off right away. No, but like for real, take your shoes off. Like. Sometimes we just have to just have to wait in the presence of the Lord and just saying, you know what? I can change what's going on and what's normal in my life. I'm not in a hurry in this moment. I'm not too busy to say I'm, I'm ready for the next thing and I've got my feet ready for the next thing. And Moses had to pause and all of the things that were happening. And there was a moment of great awe and reverence. He got on his face and he paused before the Lord. And the Lord revealed himself to him. And he said, this is what I have for you to do. This is what I see is happening with the people in Egypt. And I want you to go to them. And he, they're like, wait a second. He's like, wait a second. When I go there, what am I supposed to say to them? And in verse 13, it says, and when Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? You shall say to them, God said to Moses, I am who I am. That name I am who I am is Yahweh. And pre this moment, God had always 
spoken to the people and said who he was by what he did. This was the very first interaction with mankind where God actually said his name. It was personal. You can go a lot of places and say, I'm a teacher. I'm the president of the United States. I'm this person's wife or this person's husband or I'm the mother of this person. We, we carry titles in our lives and God carries a lot of titles. But this moment was very intimate and very personal. And he declared that he was Yahweh. Because he desires relationship with you. He doesn't desire for you to know him just by what he does. We can know a lot of people by what they do and what we don't like that they do. But he, God, Yahweh, this name was so distinctive. It was exclusive only for God. It was only his name. And as you follow through in in the verse 15, it says, And this name will be my name forever, and thus I will be remembered through all generations. That's you. Moses stood there at a burning bush and had a moment in his life with God. And now you are hearing about it, and you're carrying the name Yahweh. We sing about the God Yahweh. And as Moses went from this moment, this, this incredibly holy moment, the Lord continued to reveal to him what the plan was to go to the people, to draw them out of, of Egypt and to bring them into a new place and to give them the promised land and to be able to be their God. And so he actually wanted him to make Moses to make himself known out of a holy moment. You're known. Within a holy moment, it's for him to make himself known to you. That you might walk away and make him known. He made God, Yahweh, known to the people of Egypt. And as we continue through the word, we come across another story. A man named Joshua. He was a mighty man of God. He was the top commander of the army he was a warrior and and he was in chapter five it says that joshua was standing by jericho does anyone know what happened to jericho well he was standing there and all of a sudden he looked and then behold was a man standing before him with a sword drawn and in his hand and Joshua went to him and said are you for us or for our adversaries? All of a sudden as Joshua was standing there and he was in, in suit of what he was going to do and in pursuit of what God had already talked to him about, all of a sudden, God got his attention again. And might the Lord get your attention in this moment. Might he stir wonder in your, in your mind. Who is this? A curiosity. Are you for us or against us? Who are you? Has the Lord stirred that in your natural everyday life? Have you come into moments where you encounter God and, and all of a sudden you're like, wait, who is God in this moment?
And the angel of the Lord said, he said, no, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. I just want to speak over you that there is now revelation in your life. Moses and Joshua walked together. There was a lot of interaction with God and Moses and Joshua through a lot of places. And now he was revealing himself as the commander of the army of the Lord. There is a now revelation in 2023 for you today. And you have to boldly encounter what you might not know. Just like Joshua did. He stood on that ground near Jericho and he saw something in the distance that intrigued him and he walked towards it. Might you choose to walk towards the king of kings today? Might you walk towards the unknown of what God could do? Might you walk towards something that maybe doesn't seem exactly like you know because because it, it might be God on the other side. He came to him just in the same position that Joshua carried as a warrior. Maybe he'd meet you in ways that you haven't even considered in your jobs. Maybe he'd look very similar to that. And, that, and, and maybe you're so distracted by lots of things that you can't behold who is actually in front of you, calling you by name, saying, hey, look, I know you. And in that moment, in verse 14, it says, And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does the Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. There was personal revelation in this moment. And in the position that he carried, he actually surrendered that to the king of kings. He humbled himself. He got onto the earth. He bowed in worship because when God reveals himself to you, it should actually stir a heart of worship. Out of fresh revelation, worship should flow that you might see him and encounter him. There was a great exchange in that moment. I kind of love what my dad said to me yesterday. He said in that moment that Joshua understood that the fighting they would do was the Lord's fighting and that Joshua got to participate in it instead of the other way around. Might you participate with what the Lord is doing in the earth? Might he actually reveal himself to say, this is who I am. You want to join my team. You want to be a part of what I'm doing on the earth. Might there be a great exchange in your heart this morning for what God is doing on the earth. In your families. In our county. In the world at large. You don't sit on the sidelines in life. Not in your life and not in our lives. Because you have to be fully activated in faith and going after God because we corporately need to walk together towards the kingdom, towards what God is doing in the earth. There isn't sideline seatings anymore. The the benches got burned. 
A lot of people like watching what others can do. And God is calling you into a holy moment. Calling you into an active stance because at that moment he equipped him and said, let's go defy the enemies of the Lord. Let's go bring salvation to the people. Let's go do this, this wild, crazy thing with Jericho. Like, you know, like let's walk around it a whole lot and then scream loud. I mean, that was wild. And, and, and I don't think any of us would even consider the thought of doing that to be something that would bring walls down. The only reason you have that frame is probably because you've read the story of Joshua and the battle of Jericho. Present day tactics and present day strategies might not want to line up with this, but God might be putting a strategy and a key for releasing his kingdom inside of you. That could change the face of the earth. We cry out and God is going to speak. He's speaking to you. Why not you? Don't deny the Lord what he could do through you. So that you might make him known. I'm going to go into the next story. We're going to go into the story in John 4. And this woman of Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had already went into the town to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, would ask a drink from a woman of Samaria? For the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. This woman was doing her normal due diligence. Going and getting water. Like we do. Sometimes put yourself in these shoes or not shoes. Like realize like you live a life just like this woman that was just walking on the earth. Like it's flesh. It's an earthly time. It's just a different time. And Jesus was there. And all of a sudden he's asking of something of her. And she's encountering something that someone that she doesn't even know who she's encountering. And I believe that happens to us quite often. When we encounter God and we can't even see who he is because we're so blind by all the things and all the distractions of the world and we're just like putting our head down and just doing the thing that we do. And he's coming to you and saying, can you give me a drink? We get self-focused and our motives are all over the place and, and we're more about us than we are about him. And that's what she's saying. Well, how would you even talk to me? Do you have your how-to list of why you couldn't do it? Well, I'm just this. I'm just that. I don't think God would choose me. Oh, and we just heard that in prayer. Our shame and our guilt and our remorse for things we've done hold us back from what God can do in us because we don't think we're worthy enough. Or we don't think it's, it's something that he could, oh, I'm just not smart enough. I don't have enough of this. I don't have enough of that. I don't know what is your how-to the list, yet he got her attention, and he's coming to get your attention today. And Jesus answers, answers her in verse 10. It says, and if you knew the gift and who it was that's saying this to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. All she could see was the natural. You don't even have a spoon. You don't have anything like, you know. 
And he's coming back and he's stirring her curiosity. He's causing her to wonder, what is he talking about? Living water? I've never heard of that. Is that at Target instead of Walmart? I don't know. You know? Like what? Like there's a curiosity being stirred. There's something in the, I think that there should be wonder and curiosity stirred in your heart for the king of kings. The things of God, the things you don't know yet about him. There should be something that should be stirred all the time. It shouldn't be just in a moment like this at church, but constantly through your, when am I going to see, how am I going to experience God today? If he's in my present all day long, all the time, because he never leaves me, I should be experiencing him on the daily. Are you experiencing him in the richness of what he has for you on that daily basis, on that moment by moment basis where you're seeking and searching for him? I love that he said, well, you should have asked me for something. How many times have you sought the Lord and said, could you give me something like this? Could you show me who you are? Could you unveil yourself in this way to me? I'd like to know you here and there and everywhere. I'd like to know the fullness of who you are. In John four thirteen, it says, and Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. What he was offering her wasn't water, but the gift of the Holy Spirit. The deep well of the Holy Spirit that can rest inside of you that constantly flows. And he's offered that to us. That you won't ever thirst again because there's a constant flow of the Holy Spirit deep inside of you that you can constantly pull on, constantly see, constantly go after. And of course, she's like, yes, I want that. I don't want to ever come back to this well again. Great. She still couldn't see it. And that's what I think God offers to us. So many things and we're like, we don't even have a clue. Anybody out there like, you know, like you're just like, I don't even know what that even means. He's he ever spoken something. You're like, I don't even know what that even means. Like, I, but she, but she was actually like, yes, I do want that. I don't want to have to come and get water again. Like I want that. There's something that, 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 that should draw us to him. That's so rich. And, and then all of a sudden he's like, go get your husband. And she's like, I don't have a husband. I've had five, but the one I'm with now is not my husband. <laughs> And he, and he's told her all of that. See, she was completely known by the Lord. He knew the secrets of her heart. He knew her past, where she's been, like he knows you. The secret things that are hidden inside of you that you hope no one sees. He knows the deepest parts of you. He knows where you've walked and the hard you've walked in and the, and the things that you've done and the, the, the places. And he did not come and take it and use it against her in this hour. He actually used it to reveal himself to her. He 
In John 4.20, it says, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is a place where people ought to worship. All of a sudden, she perceived that he was a prophet. He, she understood, like, you just read my mail. You just knew everything about me. And her heart was immediately like, I need to worship. But she knew the position and where she was at and location wasn't where they were called to worship. And see, in John 4, 21 and 22, it says that, that he basically told her, like, you, you worship what you don't know. And I think that happens to us in our lives. We don't know God enough, so we choose to find other things and we worship other things instead of who he is. We worship Our ideals, we can worship money, we can worship people, we can worship belief systems. We can worship lies. The lies the enemy has spoken to us that we truly believe now. And they become something and we worship them and we, we give them credit in our lives. And he's saying, look, you've been worshiping something that you don't even know. And out of true revelation of God is, is that's where the heart of worship comes. Like out of, of, out of you, out of a place of really seeing him, true worship will come. Not fake worship, not worship that's just like, we're just singing another song or, or I'm, I look good and now I'm putting on this like mask and charade of worship. It's not like that. He's after a heart of worship. And it says, but the hour is coming and the hour now is here, right here, now, today. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Worship is not flesh. It is not about your flesh. We get into worship and we want to feel all the feelings. That's all flesh. We want to have this rich moment where our eyes see and our ears hear and all these things. And he's saying, but true worship is in worship, worshiping the Father in spirit and in truth. That's worshiping with the spirit, the Holy Spirit, the living water. And truth is Jesus. And, and it says the Father is seeking such people to worship him. Who came to Moses? Did Moses come to God or did God come to Moses? Did Joshua go find this man or did God find Joshua? Who started the conversation at the well? Jesus to the woman. He's seeking you. He's in pursuit of you. He knows you inside and out, and he still longs for you. He desires to show himself to you, to make himself so real to you. A now revelation, a worship that's reverent, that you know him, and you're like, oh, God, you're so good. You're so worthy. You're so awesome. There's no one like our God. How do you worship him? What is it about him that you worship? Did you come just because he does something for you or because you stand in the beauty and the awe to behold the king of kings? Behold the lamb of God. And she goes to him and she says, 
the woman said to Jesus, and it says, I know the Messiah is coming. He is called the Christ, and when he comes, he will tell us all things. And I think sometimes that's the situation of a lot of people in our world. They know about Jesus. They know he's coming. I can walk actually into Walmart and go to the Christmas aisle and see a nativity scene. I, can, I actually bought a scripture that said, was, um, it's on my wall now in my house. I bought it in Walmart this last week, and it's uh, where he says that he'd come as like, uh, in Isaiah, the prophecy. It was on a, on a plaque in Walmart, and I bought it. The scripture. Sorry, I can't remember the, it's really cool. <laughs> Obviously, it impacted my life. <laughs> can't even remember what it's called. What? Where he says, he said it to King Ahaz. Ahaz, Ahaz, yeah. The first time that Jesus was actually prophesied about as a baby coming. Emmanuel, God with us. In Walmart, 2023. Currently, you can go a lot of places right now and see Jesus. You could drive around your neighborhood possibly and see a manger. A nativity, there's some really good ones. There's actually a really good one in my neighborhood. I know there's going to be a good one in (laughs) Jim's neighborhood. He puts a really good one up over there. So if you want to drive by, it's beautiful. But we know, we know him. Like, we know of the story and the earth and the people. There, There are people that don't know him at all. There's actually a lot of people that think they know like she did. Well, I know he's coming. He's standing in front of her. (laughs) But in truth, sometimes he's standing right in front of you saying, this is who I am. And you're like, I don't even know. I know he is. I don't even, you know, we can be the same. So ignorant because we can't actually see past ourselves. We can't see past because this is not a flesh thing. This is saying, give me eyes to see what the spirit's doing. Give me ears to hear what the spirit's doing. You have to live by spirit, not by flesh. The flesh just gets all messy. The flesh is all over the place. But if you're not in this world living by the spirit, having eyes to see and ears to hear what the spirit's doing, you're missing out. Come on, you're missing out. You got to clap a little bit because you're missing out if you're not living like that. If you're constantly living by the flesh, you are missing out on the, the real kingdom of heaven because the kingdom of heaven is invisible. And that's the perfect thing because I don't want an idol in my house that I bow and worship to that I can see. And that's the truth. There's a lot of things we can see. You see your bank account and then you worship your bank account. You can see these great people on TVs and then you worship them. How much time do you spend doing those? Those kinds of things. When God is invisible and he's drawing and seeking you and calling you to himself and saying, I want you to know me. I want you to know all about me. I want personal Yahweh relationship with you. And that's exactly what he said to her. He says, I who speak to you am he. And when he said that, that expression from what I studied, was full of grace. It was actually a heart-to-heart. It was a face-to-face, sweet encounter. It was tender moment with the Lord. 
It wasn't just singing random songs of, 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 of what you've known, but really in like an interaction and exchange for the heart of God. And all of the sudden, his, his boys came and then all of a sudden, the woman left her water jar. And she went into a town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? In one moment, she was known fully. And then all of a sudden, God made himself known to her. It's me. Who you're talking about, that's me. And then in the next moment, she made him known. She went into the town and she told all the people who God was. She invited them, come. Would you come and see? You would not believe what God has done. Would you come? Would you come and see? She invited them out to the, to the well where she had a life and change. And she's like, come on, come on. And then they said many Samaritans from that town believed him because of the woman's testimony. There is power in your testimony. This is what it's all about. That you might be known, that he might be known, that you might make him known. And you should write it down. Write it down. I'm known and I know him and I will make him known. It's simple. Every day you can wake up and know him. That you might go tell the good news of Jesus. The one who died for you. The lamb of God. That brings salvation, that cleanses us and makes us white as snow. The good news. It's not a silent news. It's good news that should be blasted and declared. And it shouldn't be someone in Walmart declaring it. It should be out of your mouth and out of your testimony. This is what the Lord has done. When is the last time you went to someone and said, this is what the Lord has done? Can I tell you about the great love of God and how he's changed my life? I don't want to just sing about it. I want to shout it from the rooftops. I want to go and make it known to everyone because they need to know. We can't get so caught up with all the things of this world when there's people that need Jesus. You exist in 2023 and it's your watch. You live in the greatest time of the earth because you live here right now. And there are so many more people to reach. You know how many times we've multiplied from the time of the Bible? A lot. There's billions of people. And there isn't that many that know the Lord. Might you shout it from the rooftops? Might it be so impressed in you that you have this experience with God, a heart-to-heart connection with him, that you can't let it be but a fire shut up in your bones, that you have to let it out. To encourage someone, you should share your testimony. You should make him known. You could, you could change a whole town. I don't think when that woman from Samaria went to the well that day, she ever expected to change the whole town. Right? But the overwhelming sense of the love of God encountered her that she had to share it with others. 
Might there be such a holy moment. And I, I prophesy over you this morning that this week that there are holy moments for you to encounter the heart of God. That you might know him. That you might take your shoes off and humble yourself and say, God, whatever it is, I want the plan like Joshua. What is it that you want to do in me? Let, let's, let's do this. Who can I say you are? Yahweh. Would you stand with me? Maybe you don't know this Yahweh that I was speaking about this morning, but Jesus came and he died and he was buried and he rose again to bring salvation and his love to the people. And there's a moment that's holy that you can encounter him and you'll be forever changed. When his love Shifts everything. Just like this woman at the well. Salvation is for anyone. You don't have to come and be perfect to encounter a holy God. Maybe you've been far from the Lord. And it's a moment that you can have with him this morning. That you can reconnect to his heart. Say, God, I want to follow you. I want to do this thing of life together. I want to make you known. Show me how to make you known. Maybe just ask him this morning even. Just say, God, how do I make you known through me? There is, through all of these stories, moment where God just paused and sat with the person and they had conversation And God wants to have conversation with you this morning. So our prayer team will come up in the front. And if if you want to come and be prayed over this morning, there's opportunity. God's heart is towards you this morning. Maybe it's a moment to take your shoes off and just get real with God and say, God, I just want more of you. The altar is open. I'm going to close in prayer. But if it's for you, you can come. So God, we just thank you. We thank you for your divine love for us. We thank you that you can move heaven and earth, that you can create moments in time where they're life-changing for us. And I just thank you, God, for holy moments. I thank you that you have them already orchestrated and planned for us. God, we ask that our ears would hear and our eyes would see what the Spirit is doing. I thank you, God, for the good plans that you have for us that you have good things for us in the days ahead. I thank you, God, that we're going to see so many people come to Jesus by sharing our testimony. God, I ask that you would give, give way 
to opportunity, even for people to come up to us and say, hey, what is it that you know about God? I'm asking God for just a spirit upon us that would move and shift the earth. I thank you for what you're doing in your people. I thank you that you've called us and saved us for a holy calling. I thank you, God, that you're so good. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hand in your heart this morning. Lord, we rejoice in you and we thank you, Lord. May Yahweh bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you, lift up his countenance upon you, and give you peace in Jesus' mighty name. Go in his grace today. Amen.